Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So, in case you ain't know so, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, the Heat continue to struggle, putting their playoff hopes in jeopardy. The Hurricanes losing the ACC tournament, but get a fifth seed for March Madness. Scotty dominates the Players' Championship this weekend, and the Dolphins make some very interesting offseason moves. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go! back live streaming it this time we got a special episode recorded on a sunday got a lot going on this week it's a busy week for both you and i my brother but before we get to all of that i want to know how you're doing first i cannot complain bro and even if i did <laughs> you or anybody watching this or listening to this they're not gonna care they if i did complain care. i mean no, i, I so. care a little why bit but not why that complain? much why complain but i'm good brother i'm good man enjoying uh my weekend here you know it's been uh uh blackluster weekend not too crazy you just kind of low-key taking some care of some things around the house and whatnot but we got daylight savings right or out of yes, daylight, daylight savings i think we're in daylight savings now i don't i never know how that works but i just call it extra golf time that's all i that's, call it that's all we got to worry about is those those twilight tea times are going to be coming you know pretty much every day so. every day i was just uh, bro you're not going to believe me but i'm pretty sure a lot of people won't believe me you will but i was looking at golf tea times this weekend i'm thinking at uh, this weekend i'm thinking okay i can make this one after work i can make this one after work could definitely make this one off after work so i already got three rounds in mind if so, i can get to them let me ask you this question i've been asking more and more people this question a lot recently like golf you Shoot. have the choice you had the choice first tea time out of the day you're the very first people mm -hmm. out on the golf course or you're going to be the last people out of the golf course, uh, the last tee time out. Now, I'll tell you this much. You will get to finish 18 on both. Okay. You will okay. get to play as fast or slow as you want on either one. So you okay. don't have anybody in front of you in this hypothetical. You taking that first tee time out or the last tee time of the day? Man, to be honest, I prefer the first tee time if I can get it, man. If I can get those early tee times, I'd rather do that just for weather purposes. You know what I mean? I get hot easily, so it's it's a lot cooler in the mornings than what it is in the afternoons. So for me, I'm always going to go for the morning tee times. I feel like that's where a lot of people were leaning when, I'm, when I've asked that. You know, we got a lot of morning birds. Um, I don't know what that says about me. The fact that I, <laughs> I prefer, I would prefer the later one, man. I love a, a love a good Florida sunset. Yeah, the rain in the afternoons is a bummer, you know, so that's why we end up playing a lot earlier. But frankly, man, I I, I prefer to get out there, you know, if I can get out at 4 o'clock and still get 18 in, mm. I, I think that's a beautiful thing, man. I don't have to worry about waking up Absolutely. early on the weekend, you know, too early for get out on the range, or maybe you get out too early and there is no range, there's no way to warm up, so you're showing up cold. You know, at, at least in the afternoon, it's like, I think, you know, I, if even if I can't warm up, I've kind of stretched out throughout the day and I've gotten all my motions in. So feel a little the bit one, better. But. The one thing that, that I would say the advantage has, uh, the afternoon has as an advantage is that you don't really show up to to like warm up right you you build up the anticipation of playing golf that whole day like oh shit i'm gonna play at four four o'clock four fifteen leave work change do all my things and then when you show up you're ready to have a good time so i i, I feel like you're a little bit more relaxed as as opposed to the beginning tea time right you're kind of 
hyped up about it. Maybe sure. you didn't sleep eight hours, you know, you're anxious to get out there, anxious to warm up. <laughs> Not to mention, you know, if you start off the day with a shit round of golf, Oof. I might set the tone for the rest of your day. You might be pretty upset that you, you three putted. More 18. than likely, more than likely, more than likely. It'll make it harder. It'll make it harder to go to sleep that night for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so afternoon time, afternoon tea time definitely helps with that. But what about you? Any any golf this weekend? What'd you get into this weekend? Anything? No golf life? this weekend, man. Just a bunch of errands, dog. Errands all day Saturday. A uh, little family time Sunday, and um, back to it. You know what I mean? We got BKFC thirty eight next Friday. Uh, we had the Lorenzo interview dropped, and we were doing a lot of promo for that. Um, shout out to Lorenzo. Shout out to Goodfellas. Shout out to Javi. Um, just working, dog. A lot of work. <laughs> It's a lot of work, man. It's a lot of work, but I'm happy. It never stops. It never stops. But, you know, a a team that doesn't do enough work, I would say, is the Miami Heat. Oh, come on, man. What a a segue into them. I'm just saying. The reason why is because, you know, something clicked when we were talking a little bit before the show. And, you know, we don't want to get too much into the coverage of the Heat because, let's be honest, the way that they've been playing recently hasn't necessarily, you know, garnered that respect. But what I will say... Yeah, we've been beating a dead horse here for the last two months here, you know? The the Heat continues to struggle. You know, what's our identity? What are we missing? What do we need? Who's going to step up? And 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 nobody's doing it. It's only... Well, there's one guy and nobody else, you know? It's it's the Jimmy and Bam show, you know? It's literally become the Jimmy and Bam show. And and I think that Jimmy's growing tired of it. We saw the the comments that he made last week after that game, right? Where he was like, I'm getting tired of this losing shit. And um, next thing you know, we go out there and proceed to lose another t- two games back to back. Well, after a loss, uh, go out there and get a dub, be inconsistent, lose again, win, lose again. And it's just the effort that he's giving. He's giving us playoff type games and nobody else on the team seems to match that energy. And I don't know if it's because he's, you know, kind of turning up into playoff mode or is it because the rest of the team is just slacking that much. But one thing holds true. Jimmy Butler is definitely our best player. And without him, what the hell do we have? You know, we have a a Bam who's learning on the go, right? Learning how to you know, put all that weight on his shoulders figuratively and carry the team as he's done this and most of the parts of the season. But he doesn't have that 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 killer instinct that Jimmy has, right? He doesn't have that dog in him because Jimmy can hit some clutch shots, make some clutch free throws, you know, do clutch plays. And Bam's just not at that level yet. And we saw it multiple times in this homestand where Jimmy was the one putting forth that type of effort. Um, we start with the, a game against Atlanta where we beat him 130 to 128. We needed a defensive effort to get the win, but Jimmy had to score 28 points, uh, 26 points, uh, 10 rebounds, go 10 of 12 from the line, literally do everything on the court and lock down their best player in order to give us the shot. And that's after them not having... Uh, you know, Trey Young for certain parts of the game. Then we follow that up with an ugly loss to Cleveland. And I say an ugly loss because that 104 to 100 loss against the Cleveland was a, 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 a great game where we came back in the fourth, right? But our inexperience and lack of playmakers showed up yet again. Um, Jimmy, again, going to get tired of saying this, but him going for 28 points, 12 or 15 from the stripe, uh, literally finding ways to manufacture points for an offense that is struggling right now to find some type of rhythm. We, we continue to struggle from three. 
We continue to not have as much bench production. And even when it comes, it comes in spurts. Uh, that, that was one of the games where Victor Oladipo blew up for 20 points, uh, 20 plus points. But after that, he had a game where he had eight points and then another game where he had 10 points and a bunch of turnovers in between that. It's just it's very hard to find anything consistent about the Z team except for Jimmy and Bam. That's why I said it earlier. Um, those 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 two games in particular kind of suck for me because it was like, dog, how do you beat Atlanta? Try to really make it uh, take advantage of this homestand and then go out there and have that performance against Cleveland. Doesn't make sense. And then what also doesn't make sense is that same Cleveland team that beats us. We go on to beat a couple days later right. on the road, on the road. No, at home, at home. We were at home, but still. Oh, it, okay. But <laughs> I you're we were right. on the road for that game. But still, I mean, it just it doesn't make sense. It's like when we need it, we need these games right now. What what was the difference? And it's to it's the same shit we keep beating a dead horse about. We can't close out games. Cannot close out games. And the it's not enough that Jimmy Butler's. Enemy. It's not enough that Jimmy Butler's doing everything that he's doing, you know. And 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 that Bam, yeah, you you're talking about Bam not being that that guy. I mean, Bam's never gonna be that guy, in my opinion. I don't think he's that kind of player. I don't think you ever fair. looked at Tim Duncan on the Spurs and go. He's the guy at the end of the game that needs to make the clutch play. Like that was usually going to be either like uh, you know Manu or or Tony you know, Parker. Yeah, you were or Tony doing something or at least the lane and kicking it out. Correct. Bam's not going to do that. Bam's going to be on the recipient of somebody drawing attention like Jimmy kicking to the lane and then passing it out to him on something easy where he should be. But he's not going to be that guy. We don't need him to be. We just need him no. to be consistent, which he has been for the most part this season. For but sure. it's just it's not enough, man. And it sucks because, you know, Jimmy's Jimmy's clock is ticking. You know, as far as his time with the heat, it's winding down. We don't know how much more time we have. And it's it's a shame to see, you know, this season, the way it's unfolding, where we're not just talking about now positioning in the playoffs where that was a conversation, you know, like five episodes ago. You know, are we going to be fifth? Are we going to be six? We're sitting in seventh right now, and it's not getting any better. With a few season, a few games left in the season, three games behind New York right now, thirty six and thirty three on the season, and it's just hasn't been enough. It just hasn't been enough from this Heat team. And you said it when we've needed to go out there and get a win in the worst way possible, we flat fall, we fall flat on our faces. You know, um, we bounce back against Cleveland, we get that one nineteen to one fifteen win, where Jimmy again has to drop. 33 points, make a three-pointer to to tie the to in to put us ahead. Just do everything, right? Another great game where he comes out. It's 12 of 16 from the free from the field, eight of nine from free throws. And it, it feels like it almost wasn't enough to win that game because we almost lost it as well. Right. We had to make some clutch free throws towards the end of the, the game to to kind of keep Cleveland at bay and to kind of just help salvage. The homestand, right? We lose that game, and we would have gone two and two and four on a six um, game homestand. That's not how you want to go into the playoffs, and more importantly, that's not how a playoff team looks. I feel like all these teams that are really solidifying themselves in order to make the playoffs are winning games, winning tough matchups, winning close games. The Heat, just for whatever reason, man, they just can't pull these games out, and and it sucks. How did they do from three as a team that night? How did we do? Terribly, terribly. Like I, I, I don't have it right here in front of me, but I know that that. that You're was talking the about game. the Orlando game or the Cleveland game? The Cleveland the, game. The, the Orlando Cleveland game, game was even worse. Yeah, the second Cleveland game. The Orlando game was even worse. You know because. I, I, well, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to look up the stats for that Friday night. I, I thought that was maybe one of our. Well, my point was, I thought that was maybe one of our better offensive three point performances as a team this season, which wasn't great, and. 
even on our best night, we barely beat these guys. Teams that last year, when we were firing from three, when we were really on from three-point land, we were murdering people. Guys with double-digit wins. We're not doing that this year. This year, we're barely scraping by. We beat we beat them, even though you know we we shot well from three by four points. It came down to the wire. You know, all these games are just coming down to the wire now, and it's it, it, some of them don't warrant that finish, unfortunately. In my opinion, no man, no man. And and look, even that game against Orlando that you were getting a little bit ahead. Yeah, we 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 got a couple of three pointers that were key three pointers in that game. But again, when the the main one came from Jimmy to tie the game and send it into overtime. And immediately after Jimmy makes that three and we go into overtime where he's feeling confident and, and feeling vibrant, we just go out there and miss our first three shots. And then that easily gave, you know, gave Orlando the game, put us out of reach. And now we have Can't a pissed out. off Jimmy leaving the court with 10 seconds left, knowing that out. this game is over because he just, he just knows that he's giving way too much effort. He's giving way too much effort for this team. And, you know, truth be told, we don't have enough talent to help Jimmy in that regard. So with if if Bam's not stepping up, if Hero doesn't have a good game and Jimmy does what he does, it's it's not a recipe for success. And and we're we're gonna lose those games more often than not. Um in that game against Orlando, Kyle Lowry came off the bench, correct? Correct. And he and, and, he, and he, he, he he made his return, but if if I'm honest with you, man, um he didn't impress me. There's nothing about that guy right now that impresses me. Nothing about that guy that shows me, hey, this guy belongs on the heat right now or can help us in, in some regard. I don't feel comfortable or confident in any of that. You know, I don't feel comfortable in, in saying, yeah, we, we need to rely on Kyle Lowry right now or we need to help him facilitate our offense. To me, he just, he's just become another role player in this very back uh, – um, a crowded backcourt and he has to do something in order to make himself stand out. Can he do it? Yeah, sure. Probably. Will he do it? I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. Uh, he, there's, there's a reason he, they made, they made him uh, a bench player. He went from a yeah. starter having a starter's salary. You know, that was the argument, right? He, uh, he's getting paid all that money. He needs to come, you know, uh, he'd be a starter and not come off the bench. It's gotten to the point where it's like there's no reason why this guy should get started minutes, man. And yeah. even still, um, you know, I don't know if he has a future later on, you know, as a starter with the Heat or even with the Miami Heat after the season, man. I really don't see Lowry here long term. But I also don't uh, don't see the Heat being around in the postseason long term either, man, no. if we make it to the postseason. I, I, and, and look, be, being honest with you, as much as I want to say that for sure we're going to make this tournament, I don't know if we can win enough games down the stretch because even losing two games in a row, three games in a row, that shit can drop you from seventh to ninth to tenth real quick. And real quick. granted, the the Heat don't have that many games that they have to look forward to to try to win. But like like we said, you're playing teams that are either ahead of you or right behind you in the Eastern standings. And and any type of loss right now, any type of loss right now for this Heat team just feels like a bigger setback. More importantly for me, I think the, the biggest issue is Jimmy, you know, and his attitude and his feelings towards this Heat team. How good does he feel about these guys going into the playoffs? Does he feel confident? Is he mad? Is he pissed off? You know what I mean? Like, all of these things are factors that go into how hard he plays the next game. You know what I mean? And I don't know, man. The him being our best player is is really worrisome because we don't have another player of his caliber 
and I don't see how he can turn it around by himself. You know, the bench will it's really impossible. have to strap up. Struz had man. kind of a, a five... good game. Go ahead. <clears throat> no, I'm just saying it's impossible, man. You got five other guys on, you know, on on the other team, you know, on any given point on the on the court. One guy cannot win the game. You know, we no. can't. We need we need role players to do stuff, you know. Uh Kevin Love, Cody Zeller. Mm, you know, like, just like, guys. We're, we're we're getting what I thought we were gonna get from those guys, you know, just bodies pretty much. Cause they're not True. they're not gonna be offensive threats. They're not scoring for us, you know. No, and, yeah. and then defensively too, dog, like we're just breaking down on defense, like especially in late in the game. Late in the game, like we just cannot close out. And it's frustrating. But anyways, go going back to your point. My my point being like again, Jimmy's giving his best. He's in playoff mode. Bam looks like he's in playoff mode. Everybody else doesn't look like they're playoff mode. It's either hit or miss. Strews, hit or miss. He had a good game, has a bad game after that. Victor Lodipo has a good game, has a bad game after that. Gabe Vincent has been starting all these games that, that Lowry's been out, but he hasn't produced enough offensively. He hasn't done anything offensively. So how can we, you know, really depend on any of these guards to come out here and really do something for us? I, I just don't see it happening. And, and, and look, if we were to get into the playoffs... I don't feel conf conf confident in us getting out of the play-in tournament because we would have to be an Atlanta team who's can show they can beat us. We would have to be, uh, you know, a Chicago team that's playing tough, even though they lost uh, one of their players' ball. Um, you know, Toronto, another tough team with a lot of experience. I don't feel confident in this Heat team. Anybody who says that they feel confident in this Heat team is wild right now. Wild, bro. I feel like that's too much time that we're going on the heat, dog. <laughs> confident, bro. We're, we we are playing Utah tonight. By the time you're hearing this, yeah. And I do not feel confident about this game. I'm I'm going to the game strictly because <laughs> I'm gonna you know take my godson. You know, he wanted to go to the Heat game, and I'm gonna take him. You know, take him the one before the season ends. We don't got a lot of home games left, but. I don't feel confident about the Heat winning. I might buy him a I Jazz don't. jersey if they got one on sale. <laughs> don't do no, that, dog. Just in case. I don't got a hedge. That. We got a hedge. We got a hedge. I'll have the Heat jersey. I'll have Jimmy's jersey. On I mean, sure. just pick a bunch. But we of, got a hedge. Pick a bunch of Utah players on your price picks, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and no free ads. No, uh, man. But no, nah, yeah, man. Uh, we got Utah now, you know, coming up. And it's at home. Another must-win situation. Uh, All if, these games if, are must-win. All of them are must-wins for the Heat right now. Every single game moving down the line is, is a must-win game for them. And, again, it's it doesn't look promising. It doesn't look promising. It looks like we're going to stay status quo. You mentioned that we got Utah. We played Memphis after that, a good team. Chicago, a team that's behind us. Have, if they beat us, they move even closer to us in the play on, playing tournament. Not, not confident down the stretch here, man. Not confident. But I, like I said, I feel like we're, we're we're wasting time on the Heat because if the Heat don't want to put up the type of performances that we know we're capable of, they're, that they're capable of, I'd rather just not, you know, invest any more into this season. I'd rather see what the future holds, you know, once <clears> we get rid of Lowry and maybe a couple other players and, and go from there and build up yeah. the team. Yeah, we see the writing on the wall, bro. I'll tell you what, Miami basketball is on the struggle bus right now. The Heat are driving it. Yeah, but there's a team that is they got one foot on it right now, uh, thinking well, about jumping on. They're thinking about they're thinking jumping about on. it. They might get an Uber. They might just Uber do their Uber. own thing. But they got Kate. at least one foot on the struggle bus. Hurricanes got an Uber for sure. Don't jump on that struggle bus. Um, it just sucks because they had some good momentum going into the ACC tournament. Oh. A lot of a lot of high hopes for them. 
uh, me specifically, I thought that they were going to be able to use this as a tune-up, right, into the March Madness NCAA tournament and kind of just help themselves get a little bit more confidence and build a little bit more chemistry before that tournament kicks off. And they did so, you know, they end up beating Wake Forest 74-72 in the quarterfinal. Um, it was a very tight ball game. Very tight Not- ending. Very tight ending. Not a lot of defense on both sides. A lot of offense on both sides. And ultimately, you know, the Hurricanes, and led by Isaiah Wong that game, um, ended up getting the, the win. Uh, Jordan Miller had 18 points. Uh, Omir had contributed 14 points with 11 rebounds. A good performance and something that I thought that they were going to be able to build on. And then we head into the matchup against Duke uh, the, last Friday. And now, Before man, you go on, this season, regular season against Duke, we went to the game at home where we whooped them. We did. They beat us last second at uh, at Duke earlier in the correct. season, so we split, correct? Correct. So all indications were that we should have beat this Duke team. Absolutely. Especially with with the way that our main talent was playing. Jordan Miller playing good. Isaiah Wong playing good these last two, three weeks. So these guys had a lot of confidence. And the last time that we, both times that we had played Duke previously, both Miller and Wong had, you know, did a lot of damage. Uh, as far as offensively goes against Duke. But something happened in the first minute of the game. We lost our main engine. You know, we lose uh, Norchard O'Meara to an ankle injury where he landed on a uh, lively the third's foot, took him out of the game immediately. He looked bad, could, could, couldn't put any weight on it. Um, they had to take him to the back for x-rays, which were negative, nothing broken nothing really badly sprained um just a rolled ankle and he ended up leaving the arena that night in crutches which is obviously not a good sign moving forward for for the hurricanes but, but it's not the worst sign no no the the, the worst sign was us losing to duke 85 78 and the way we lost right we couldn't just when we lost Omir, we didn't have any other type of size to bother the seven-footers that Duke has, including uh, Lively, like I mentioned earlier. And that kid just really did his thing. He took advantage of Omir not being there, who's the second-best defender in the ACC as far as big men go. And obviously, his presence is, is usually felt on the court. He's a great blocker. He's a great rebounder. He's a guy who can go out to the three-point line and kind of defend a little bit, too, with the smaller guys. And and that shit just killed us, man. The lack of size killed us, and Duke took advantage uh, with their, their three seven-footers and, and really scored more in the paint than what we're used to. Um, but credit to the Hurricanes, because even without their best defender, they still battled to the end, um, brought it down to about a two, three-point deficit with about two minutes left, uh, missed a three-pointer after that. And again, this is after Jordan Miller coming down and hitting some some big shots, Isaiah Wong coming down and hitting some big shots. Uh, just, just not enough, man. And... It's a good learning experience because ultimately you lose to Duke, who was hot as hell, right? They had won seven straight games prior to facing the Hurricanes. Go out there, win their eighth game, and they eventually win the ACC, beating beating North, uh, beating Virginia, excuse me, on Saturday to win the ACC tournament, guaranteeing themselves a spot in the AC, NCAA tournament. Hurricanes also solidified their ranking in the NCAA tournament. Um, that comes out this afternoon that they get the fifth seed. We'll be playing in Albany in the Eastern bracket um, facing. Uh, damn it. Who do they face on Friday? I had it just here. Fuck. Uh, Speaking of brackets, though, while you look that up, yeah. make sure to go and check out the Sports with So-So bracket challenge. 
on ESPN Fantasy. Uh, we got right. our own bracket set up. You can check it out. Check out Sports with Soso on, on Instagram. You'll see the post uh, where you can go and, and look for it. I believe it's uh, Sports with Soso bracket on uh, on ESPN. And then the password is just password, I think, right? Yeah, it's pass- I actually made it open. I took off the password so everybody makes it a, le- a lot easier to join. Um, oh, perfect. Yeah, took off the password, so we're, we'll have as many people as we can fit in there. And Hurricanes are playing 12th rank Drake. Now, you know me, dog. Drake? Exactly, dog. I got to go out Kiss there. Kiss me and through the phone? Yeah, that guy. That guy. <laughs> and, and look, potentially they have a good a good type of seating in, in order to get to at least the Elite Eight. Elite Eight, right? You go out there and you take care of Drake, um, and then you end up facing the winner of Indiana and Kent State. And again, Hurricanes have more wins than both of those teams come uh, as far as both out of conference and in conference. So I feel really good about the Hurricanes chances in order to advance either to the Elite Eight and possibly further than that. Uh, But it all starts on Friday when they play Drake. Um, I know I'll be tuned into that game. I believe the game starts at 12. Don't quote me. But now tournament tournament play starts on Thursday, correct? Correct, correct, correct. So make sure to get those brackets in by Thursday morning before the first game of the day. Yes, sir, because we're going to lock them bad boys in, so we don't want anybody, you know, switching up the picks. Yep, uh, yep. Let's, let's see, man. I mean, I, I think like the this, biggest question season, mark, The big. This, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'll let you wrap up on, on the Canes, but for me, the biggest question mark, and I think uh, everybody, you know, the elephant in the room is, you know, how healthy is Omir going to be for this? You know, facts. we have we have them going very, very far in our bracket, possibly all the way in our bracket. Uh, but a lot of it, you know, you talk about a difference maker. Omir is that difference maker because yeah. of the fact, you know, you got Isaiah Wong, who's, you know, offensively gifted and, and, and you got, you know, a couple of these guys that can really score well. But if they got pressure in their face and they don't have another body to take off that big body, you know, the covering the lane or in front of them or even just down there banging down low for second chances and rebounds, you know, changing the pace so that the other team isn't getting their own offensive rebounds. That's going to be, you know, what we just saw against Duke this week. You know, we might we might be out early if Omir doesn't come back now. And if he does come back, how healthy is he going to be? You know, that's going to, you know, you know, how much is he going to be able to play? I think we need him out there. You know, out, him sure. out there at 50% is better than not out there at all. So uh, it's go time. You, we we need him out there. But, you know, our our, our postseason, you know, our, our, our March madness depends on how healthy Omir can get from here to Friday. There's no doubt about that. And you know what? What I was going to say is like the Hurricanes regular season has been a success, right? We got a top five seed. We were in it in the ACC tournament, beat Duke, beat North Carolina, had all these good things that we can reflect on, right? Mm -hmm. But now Mm -hmm. the second part of the season is taking place. And you're right. Health is a major factor. And not only for us, a lot of these teams that depend on one or two guys defensively to go out there and make the difference. Like you said, we have Isaiah Wong. We have Jordan Miller. We have all these guys who can score the basket. How many teams have a lockdown defender, especially in that big uh, center position? Not too many teams. And definitely, Omir makes a difference for us. Um, I'm hoping that by Thursday, he'll be good to go. He's going to have at least five days off in between games, keep his feet up, elevated, all that good stuff. Uh, and I think the, the training staff is going to also know how to – really try to take care of his foot and get him ready for, for Thursday's matchup or Friday's matchup. Uh, but I, I feel like the Hurricanes have enough, right, to, to at least get through Drake, even if Omir's not 100%, right? Win that game. Let's focus, put our, all our energy into that first game, get the momentum going, get a dub, and, and just move on to the next 
game. You know, that's how they have to be approaching it. Get a win, move on, get everybody healthy. Let's yep. see. Make sure to fill out your brackets, y'all. You don't want to miss this one. Your boy Soso put it together. We're going to have a great prize for the winner uh, with the most points at the end, you know. Uh, and you know me, I always keep the goodie bags entertaining, so don't want to miss this one for sure. Check the link in our bio. It's on the Sports with, Sudo, Sports with Soso Twitter page. That's it. That's the one. All right, now let's get into something exciting. Uh, we saw a dominant mm. performance this weekend by a guy named Scotty Scheffler, who was fighting for the number one ranking. Got it after this win uh, uh, this weekend at the Players Championship up in TPC Sawgrass. Uh, um, I know you didn't get a chance to watch too many of uh, too much of the beginning rounds, and I had texted in the group. Scotty looked a little off in those first two days, and then this dude just turned it. Up, dog, and dominated the rest of the third and fourth round. Uh, I think he shot a sixty-nine today. Shot a sixty-five on on Saturday. Just, uh, just overall today, killing it today. I think he was three under for the day. Yeah, fourth round he was three under uh, on the yeah, final 60. round, which was which was a great day. <laughs> I mean, day. yeah, and he, even, uh, and I even think he started off. He started off the first seven holes. Didn't have a birdie. And then he birdied eight, nine, and then he birdied ten. He had three in a row, so yeah. he uh, he had a really good closing day. Um, Scotty Scheffler, man, wow! I yeah, mean, golfer. And the storyline going into this was, you know, who's the real world number one? Um, mm. You have guys, you know, three guys right now in the mix: John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, and of course Scotty Scheffler. And Scotty, dominant performance at a tough, tough event, Players Championship, considered the fifth major in golf, goes out, shoots seventeen under par. Dog, sick. Sick. Second place was 12 under par. That was Tiro Hatton who backdoored that second right. place victory on a great seven under round today on his closing round. He shot seven under to yeah. get to 12 under. He was at five. We saw and a couple of guys. We saw a couple of guys, you know, kind of nip at the heels, but not even do enough because Tiro was the was really the closest one. And he was five strokes back, dog. That's just to put in perspective how dominant this victory by, by Scotty was. But you had Tom Hoagie yesterday, uh, 10 under, broke the, the fourth record. The sandwich. <laughs> uh, he finished 10 under for the round. This is crazy, dog. This is check this out. This is golf. This is the beautiful thing about golf. Tom Hoagie sits at two over on Friday, thinks he's going to miss the cut, cuts at one over. Booking flights, looking at flights, decides, you yeah, know what? Man. Let me see what happens. Cut comes down, two over. Hoagie makes I'm the in. cut. I'm in, baby. Comes out Saturday on moving day, shoots a beautiful 10 under round 62 Dark. no no blemishes no bogeys it was Nothing. five birdies on the front five birdies on the back and he got himself uh tied for third place yeah on friday he was about in jeopardy of not making the cut, not making any money this weekend but he walked away with almost i would say close to a million dollars no clean and you know what what he really walks away with is the confidence right to say yo when when i'm locked in look how great i can be because he he went out there and shot a course record 62 and there's a, a lot of big names that i hit 63 you know what i mean and for him to go out there and just dominate the day and really play into his own game not get too far ahead of himself hit big shots make some amazing birdie putts I can't say nothing more about no, the sandwich. He, stock. he bro, killed you. He, he, he killed balled. it. And then, and then to put it in perspective, I mean, this course is one of the hardest courses on, on, yeah, PGA, on the PGA Tour. And to shoot 10 under on any given day, like that right there, like out of the four rounds, one round, you just you, you strike lightning, 
and it changes everything for you. You know, you 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 get elevated. Look at Terrell Hatton today. Terrell, like yep. I said, he was at five under, shot seven under, boom, solo second. Um, lot lot of good storylines, man. A lot, lot of good golf this weekend. Seventeen electric. You know, you got the island amazing. green. Few bro, Four it was aces. crazy. Thursday morning, you know, on the early side of the coverage. There was an ace right away uh, on Thursday, and then we had what three more throughout the weekend. Yes, sir. Um, it, 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 that was awesome, man, to see that, uh, including had, one with the guy wearing double gloves. Shout out to Rye, dog. <laughs> yeah, man. What buddy, a beast, dog. <laughs> so Buddy's interesting because he rocks iron covers and he wears two gloves. The, but, one of us. But the, well, I don't know about all that. Dog. I don't. I don't rock. First of all, I don't even like a glove when I'm putting. And second of all, I'm never gonna have iron covers. Nah, I mean, never, I just, never. I won't do it. But his story for doing it you know the reason why he does it is to kind of keep him humble apparently i I read that you know he used to have iron covers growing up because you know his family didn't have money so he you know he learned to take care of his stuff and not take you know uh take it for granted and and really make things last long so he still kind of does it today as kind of like an homage even though he doesn't need to he does it as to remember like take care of your stuff take care of your belongings don't be wasteful and stuff so that that's pretty cool you know if 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 he is a humble cool dude like that but i mean what what did he finish at? He was because I know he was in the week. I think tied he was for in the top ten. Yeah, he finished three over today, six under for the for the tournament. He was tied for nineteenth. I mean, that guy got a payday too. He got a couple hundred grand. You know, that's Listen, a beautiful thing for a lot of these guys, man. Absolutely. You know, one thing that that we've been seeing in these few tournaments that's happened so far this year is the emergence of all these rookies and all these first year players, second year players really going out there and putting up some good performances, showing that they have the skills in order to be on the PGA Tour and also hang with some of the big, big guys if they're able to get a good round going. Um, One of the guys that we have to mention is the guy who was playing with Scotty to start today's round, uh, Min Woo Lee of Australia. <clears throat> had an amazing third round, really put himself in a position where he's in that final grouping with, with Scotty. And um, he just didn't have it today. Kind of started off on the wrong foot. And maybe the pressure might have gotten off, you know, gotten to him a little bit, playing with a guy who sh- should be or is the number one in the world and, and trying to go, sh- you know, stroke for stroke with him. Not an easy thing to accomplish on such a hard course like TPC is. Uh, we saw plenty of guys who are amazing golfers, um, especially on 16, 17, and 18th, which are the hardest holes there, go into the water, go into out of bounds, really put themselves in the tough positions to, to even get out of there with a par or just a bogey. Um, so for him to put himself in contention and, and really finish in the top 10, um, just make himself more known on the PGA Tour and solidify his PGA uh, card, it was nice to see these guys uh, make it, you know, because those are the little stories that really make these tournaments stand out a little bit more. Um, I wanted to ask you, what do you think about John Ron buying out with, uh, I think he was a sick sickness, right? I don't know, dog. A tummy ache or some whack shit. I mean, I, I don't, don't know. know. Kind of weird. It's got to be real severe, in my opinion, for you to withdraw completely from the tournament, right. especially a tournament of this caliber right here. You know, yeah. you, especially he's a guy, he's a competitor. He wants to win. He wants to be the world number one outright. You know, he doesn't want to hand that over to Scotty Scheffler. No and, way. You know, Scotty went on and earned it. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, man, it would have been nice to see what John Rom could have done after struggling last week at Bay Hill. Right. And right. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him, honestly. But, you know, that's it is. That's kind of it, it is what it is. Like, he, he'll be back for the, you know, the majors. You know, that's kind of probably what he's yeah. lying is the real majors, not the unofficial fifth major. I, I hope it's not something that keeps him out 
You know what I mean? And um, or is a serious injury. I just hope it's something that it was minor um, because I really want to see him and Scotty go at it at the next Masters event uh, or major championship, which is the Masters. Um, to see those guys battle not only for number one, number two, as far as the rankings goes, but out and out be the best golfer right in the world. I, I think that's a hell of a, a storyline to watch for. I don't know if it's happened just yet. It might it might have. I know we've had some elite, elite um, groupings and stuff like that. But I think Masters, opening round of the Masters, I think you you pair up Rory, Rom, and Scheffler to that'll start be, the Masters. That'll be dope. That would uh, that be would, dope. That's must-watch TV. But something else I wanted to point out, man, you know, it's interesting. Like, you, the, the Players' Championship, you know, you talked about the, the the new guys, you know, coming up. A lot of newer guys, you know, did really well. You look at the top 10 this week, you know, you got guys in there, you know, like Hoagie, who's not a household name, Manu Lee, uh, was this Cam Davis, Sung Im, Ling Mirth, you know, uh, Justin Sue, you know, a lot of these guys that people don't really know compared to last week. You right. got guys like Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, Patrick Cantlay, uh, Victor Hovland, Jason Day, you know, all in the top 10. And like, it was like, all right, that was that was all notable names. You look at this one this week and you're like, you're kind of searching in that top 10 for people you recognize. Right. I guess one of the main ones is Max Homa. Right. Know, Hovland and also tied for three. Hovland's getting close, bro. Tommy Fleetwood close. played some really good golf towards the end of the, of the the weekend. You know, didn't put him put himself in a good position in the first two days, but he 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 started off the third round with at least a chance to get himself up there. Can't uh, can't lay. We saw him in the mix early in that third round. Um, but yeah, like you said, a lot of the guys who aren't necessarily top tier guys were in the battle to go out there. We saw at one point there was like five or six guys tied at minus eight. You know, uh, at the end of the third round with uh, Kim and um, with, with, with Wu Lee and Scotty being on top of the leaderboard. I think they were at minus 10, minus 11 at that point. But the field was open at the end of the third round. It, it looked like, well, if somebody has a really good day, they might be able to catch Scotty. But they didn't take into account that Scotty was going to have an awesome day and went out there and wrapped up the tournament, um, got his hands on that championship. Won it there with his grandma being in attendance, like got the whole family there. What a well, what a what an amazing victory, man! That's now number six for Scotty. Correct. I think I think that's number yeah, six. It is. He's he's been on the tour for a couple years now, and last year really made his name. Got his first tour win last year. He just caught up to Max Homo. That's how many Max Homo wow. has. Wild. Um, he's just on a first time level winning the he, players too. So yeah, no, no, he's 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 checking them all off. He got the Masters <laughs> off early, which is yeah. wild. Wow, he got the waste management now twice. Yes, he sir. got Bay Hill already last yep. year, and he's now you add this one. Like there's a, he's just kind of picking them all off. He he's gonna he he has to win at like Tory Pines, right? He right. has to win at Pebble. Like I feel like there's certain ones that you gotta you gotta go after, dog. You know, um, but now we got a couple of weeks here where it's kind of slow for golf. I mean, it's still exciting if you're a true golf fan, avid golf right. fan. Uh, you got the Valspar over at Innisbrook, which is also conveniently the the location for the Miami Golf Pros Open 2023. Go uh, subscribe so right now to be, the channel. Facts. I'm gonna be checking out this tournament because I want to get the lay of the land for the <laughs> Copperhead where we're gonna be playing in May. Let's see where we're at here. And then the, the, <laughs> the following weekend, you got the Corrales Punta Gana um, open over there, and then the Valero Texas Open. That's Three weeks of just kind of like, eh, you know, if you're not a real big golf fan, don't worry, worry about it. But this is all ramping up for April 6th, which is the start of the 2023 Masters.
We can't wait for that one, Doug. That's that's one tournament that everybody looks forward to, right? Because it has that prestige, the gold jacket, uh, all the big names that have won it, the the amazing scenes. The gold jacket? Shots. I think you're talking gold about. Gold jacket. My bad. My bad. <laughs> but, green jacket. The, that's what I said. He said gold. He said gold twice. Are you sure? I'm positive. We got it on rack. On we wax, got it on dude, wax. Like. Um, either way, <laughs> you know, it's a prestige uh, type tournament. Yeah, it's and the Super it's, Bowl of golf. And honestly, it's 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 a tournament that's had so many memorable moments for both winners and people who haven't won that tournament, right? Who have lost that tournament. Yep. So it's 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 definitely one for the books. And this year is going to be a great one. I really oh do hope God. that we get Rom, Rory, and fucking Scotty in one group at least one time during the weekend. No, and it's not just that. It's going to be the first tournament that we see this year with the live guys. Yes, You're sir. Have Cam Smith there. You're going to have former, uh, you know, Masters champions. Bill's going to be Johnson there. and and and. Uh, Patrick Reed and you know what I mean? Like it's going to be, it's going to be interesting as far as what comes out of that weekend from that perspective with the whole live drama. So I'm excited, man. This is just the start of the golf season. It's already on fire. So yes, it can sir. only get better. I feel like it's it's gonna get much better, man. Shout out to uh, shout out to Scotty for winning the Players Championship. Shout man. out to Shotty, baby, my guy. <laughs> now let's let's get into the meat and potatoes here. The main reason why we even had to do this today because we had some big news come across the wire for the Miami Dolphins, and man, it's a lot of excitement with what's happening here. First and foremost, we see these guys make uh, a lot of moves to create a lot of cap space for this team um, because we know we don't have that many picks. Uh, it started off with uh, releasing Byron Jones, right? He said he's going to end up retiring, couldn't play anymore, couldn't jump. We save ourselves $13 million there, 13.6 to be exact. Uh, we restructured Bradley Chad, Chubb's um, contract, save ourselves another $14.6 million in the cap. Uh, we converted Tyreek Hill's contract and roster salary into a 24 24- $0.8 million bonus, right? Saving another $18 million off the cap. And on top of that, we even restructured like Teron Armstead, saving another like five, $4 million on the cap. All of that to say, damn, the Dolphins are really putting themselves in a position to go out there and sign one, two, three guys that may be in areas of needs. And we saw today that they traded a 2023 third round pick. And I didn't even know this guy was still on team. Hunter Long, for freaking Jalen Ramsey, dog. One of the best, if not the best, cornerback that has graced the football field in the last 10 years. Now this guy is a Miami Dolphin. Um, as far as I'm concerned, this was one of the biggest areas of needs, right? Because we saw injuries de- decimate this, uh, this position for our team. And also, we didn't have enough experience there where guys can even learn from, right? And, and put themselves in a position to win. Jalen Ramsey now gives us two certified number one corners. We have Xavier Howard on one side, Jalen Ramsey on the other side. I don't know how teams are going to throw on us. Like they're going to have to run the ball 24 seven. And then they got to worry about our interior, which is uh, pretty good. Um, Big, I mean, huge uh, news, especially considering, you know, they were making all these moves that you alluded to uh, a moment ago, and we were kind of thinking they're going running back. They're going to go all O-line. You know, that's kind of the rumor that Derrick Henry name was thrown right. around as far as still maybe potentially us. Around. It's still out there. That's still a possibility. But then, lo and behold, all of a sudden, there's a rumor, you know, Jalen Ramsey kind of throws out a tweet signaling he might be headed to South Beach. And then it's, you know, official from Adam Schefter just about an hour after that, that, hey, you know, we're giving giving up a third round pick this year for Jalen Ramsey. 
my initial thought was, uh, this guy's kind of expensive and towards the end of his career. Um, you know, we are taking on a big contract because of the fact that he got a huge deal when he was in LA, uh, rightfully so. You know, he did deserve that. He's had a hell right. of a career. He's a hell of a player. He still is a hell of a player. Right. Um, but I'm just, I'm just always on the side of, all right, if he already got paid that money, is his heart still in it? Number one. And number two, you know, what does that do for us being able to get guys like Derrick Henry or, or an offensive tackle, you know, on the right side of that line now, yeah. If we're making all those moves, which I don't know enough about the ins and outs, the financials of the Dolphins, that's not for me to worry about. It's my 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 job is to worry about what the moves they make and how I'm feeling about them. I absolutely agree with you, man. I think we needed that. You know, I, I when we wrapped up OnlyFans, you know, I asked you and 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 um, Martin what you guys thought we needed improvements on. Um, I don't remember either one of you guys saying on the DB side. I thought you guys were kind of riding pretty hard for Noah and Cater Kohu and stuff. I remember I was very adamant that I wanted some help back there because it felt like the only person doing anything back there <laughs> was, uh, you know, Javon Holland. He, you know, we, he wasn't getting any help from his corners or his linebackers and having to stop plays, you know, being our safety. I think now with Jalen Ramsey, you know, you take some pressure off of, of Xavier Howard. You take some pressure off of, uh, a guy like Javon Holland who can now help out more in the middle of the field, let these guys handle the outsides. We got that on lock now. Yeah. Now the mission on the defensive side, you know, I think is going to be that middle linebacker position or the outside linebacker position. But yeah. the bigger question marks still remain. What are we doing on the O-line and who's our running back for the 2023 season? Yeah, that's that's major. You know, that's definitely major. But w for me, when I see the Jalen Ramsey thing, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, this is a guy who's a veteran. You know, he's been in the league for, you know, a good amount of time. Came in in 2016 with Jacksonville. Uh, had one season, uh, 2019, where he was hurt a little bit, missed about four or five games. And then every other season after that, he's been 15 games, 16 games, 17 games. While producing, right, over 50 tackles every single year by himself as, as a corner, right? One of the biggest defensive corners that exists in the NFL. Back-to-back um, -back seasons with four interceptions. Uh, area of need for this Dolphins team, right? But we don't have guys who are playmakers in that position uh, besides Xavier. This was definitely a spot where, yeah, you pay for the experience and you pay for because you know where you're getting from him. He's not going to come out here and, you know, rewrite the book as far as corners or change us or in any specific way as far as scheme goes. But what it allows us to do is to play a little bit tighter coverage like Vic likes to do uh, as far as the defensive coordinator and just has another weapon on defense that we can utilize, you know, especially if we like to blitz a lot, send guys in, send the safety in. Just, just gives me more. One thing that we burned the Dolphins defense was on their secondary. And now you make the move to sign this guy and trade for him. You obviously not a, are not, addressing that. Not a middle of the pack corner no. either. You know, it probably, you know, arguably, maybe not right now, but, you know, in the last five years, he was at one point or another the guy, the top guy, which is why he got paid, you know, what he got paid. The fact that we only had to get rid of a third rounder, which I think it's the Patriots third round yeah. pick that they gave us for a Devontae guy named Devontae Parker. Parker. <laughs> so if you think about it, we got rid of Devontae Parker and brought in Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, that's a win. I think we're winning right now. That's a win. So I think we got to be excited as Dolphins fans. Facts. You know, don't don't be that skeptic like I, you know, I was initially as far as the the, the money and what's that's gonna do. Let those guys figure it out. Just know we got a great talent, you know, a guy that has a proven track record, pro bowler, all pro, super bowl champion. You know, yeah, he might have, a, you know, some issues being, you know, a character and whatnot, but at least he's on our side now. We don't got to worry about him being on the other side of the field. He's available on Sundays, and that's all what matters. You know what I mean? We want, we need guys who can suit up Sundays. 
you know, and go out there and really play and make a difference on the team. And I feel like Jalen Ramsey is definitely going to do that, man. And he's a Florida boy, too. Went to FSU. So I'm yeah. sure he's very familiar with, with the lay, layout of the land here. I think yeah. he's going to help us. Um, but what do you think now the next move is going to be for the Dolphins? Do you think there's another move made? And do you think it's going to be, you know, because not, I'm sorry, I hate to do this. I, I just thought of something else to cut off the answer to your question. But we're now left with only four picks in this year's draft. So yes. knowing we only have four picks, you know, do you think the Dolphins make another move as far as a trade or a signing like that? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. The fact that we're being rumored with Derrick Henry and Bobby Wagner are, are no coincidence. Um, obviously, we have the cap space still to sign one or both of those guys. And it's also exploring those areas of needs, right? We do need a, a prime time running back. Derrick Henry would obviously check that that box off um same thing with linebackers we need a proven linebacker who can go out there and create havocs and make plays not just be there make plays and um both of those guys definitely fit that mold and i think that the dolphins are definitely exploring it will they come away with both of them i doubt it but if you if i had to bet on one more than the other it would probably be Derrick Henry, because running backs are a little bit cheaper to trade for. Um, I'm not saying that we're going to get Derrick Henry, but I'm saying that I feel like if we make the move, you make the move for that guy. But I would like to see them go after Bobby Wagner. I, I feel like this defense hasn't had a linebacker of stature in quite some time. And that guy signing here will definitely be a court uh, linebacker of stature. So that's the move that I think that they will make. Um, but Derrick Henry is definitely not off the table. When I heard the Derrick Henry name or the fact that we were looking shopping at running backs, I was like, but who's going to block for these guys? Mm. We need an offensive line. We need a right tackle. We still don't That's have what that. That's the draft down. is for. But, well, again, we only have four picks this year. But, but then I heard the name Derrick Henry, and I thought, well, if there's one guy that's his own <laughs> offensive line, you know, if there's one running back that comes with his own offensive brute force, for sure, it's Derrick Henry, dog. So sure. that that could be a really, really interesting play if we we can get a guy like Derrick Henry. Honestly, I wouldn't mind us building the O line through the draft, right? Where you get talent who's not necessarily being looked at, or you know a lock because we've tried that so many times where we get a, a old lineman in the first or second round. He's like, he's supposed to hit and they don't end up playing the position or playing it. Well, uh, I rather us take a chance on the O line in those third, fourth, fifth round, than to try to go out there and pay for our offensive lineman who may be older, maybe injury prone or something like that. Sure. Now I rather trade for the Derrick Henry, the Bobby Wagner's, the Jalen Ramsey's because those guys are proven. Um, yeah, it might cost you more right now, but those guys are proven. And if, if there's anything that we've seen about this Dolphins team is that they are ready to take it to the next level. And we've seen that commitment with the fifth year option in Tua. Uh, the Dolphins made it official, locked him in for another year on top of what he has next year. And I felt like that was the smartest and safest move that they can make. We all saw how good this offense can be under Tua when he's healthy and able to make the have the time to make the plays. And I feel like they're they're throwing all the chips in that basket because they've seen it work. Um, if their defense goes out there and becomes even better, that just alleviates the pressure on Tua. Uh, you go out there and get a Derrick Henry, that obviously alleviates the pressure on Tua, right? And allows him to be even more of a playmaker with guys like Waddle and guys like Tyreek Hill. Now, I'm, I'm interested to see how his health is going to be in this next year, right? To see what that fifth year looks like. But I, I felt like it was the safest move that they could have made for the immediate future. 
Let me ask you this: Was is there or was there a deadline on whenever they like have to pick the pick up that f- fifth year option by? I, be- I believe it was May second. Don't quote me on that one, but I think it was early May. Gotcha. So they have to do it ahead of time, regardless. Yeah. I was just I was just thinking. I didn't know if if they were able to do that. You know, like I, up until like the end of the fourth year, like hey, you know what? Now we're gonna pick up your fifth year option. I didn't know right. if they had that at play because if that is the case and they do it this soon, that's very very telling. As a Dolphins yeah. fan, especially as most of the Dolphins fans that I talk to, which are get that guy out of here, give me <laughs> Lamar Jackson, bring me Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, wah wah wah. You know, I. I it's very telling that the Dolphins would give him that fifth year option, sure. you know, especially with the rate that QBs are going for right now. He's shown enough, shown us, in my opinion, and I think in a lot of people's opinions, that he is capable of being a successful starting quarterback in the NFL. I mean, if you're going to pay $40 million plus for a quarterback, you better be able to make sure that he win games for you or can win games for you. And we saw right. that. You know, right. look at the Giants. The Giants paid Daniel Jacobs. Uh, or hey, Jones, Daniel Jones. $45 million. Paid him, dog. Uh, Generational wealth for that guy, bro. G- Geno Smith got paid a bunch of money. Derek Carr just re-signed for a bunch of money in New Orleans. With, like, with New Orleans. You know, we're going to see Lamar Jackson sign a big contract. We're going to see these guys get paid. And i rather pay our own guy, lock him in for the cheapest that we can lock him in uh, for as long as we can. And if Tua's health can stay at the level of his of his potential, then we're going to be, you know, more than good. We're going to be Gucci. dog. Like we know how good this offense and this team can be. It's all comes down to a matter of health. If he can prove his health, then we got a great deal for this year coming up and the following year. If it's, if his health is a question mark, continues to be an issue. Guess what? We still have him locked in for that fifth year cheap that we can use as a, as a trade bargaining chip or something like that, or even as a, as a bargaining tool against him to, you know, t- sign him for even cheaper for the immediate future. Right. Who knows? But it, in the in the right now, it's the only move that makes the most sense. We're not going to go out there and trade uh, for a top level quarterback, right? We don't have the that many first round picks, and on top of that, we're not drafting his replacement in the first, second, or third round this year. So, it makes sense to lock your guy in who you know can handle the offense, has some type of really good chemistry with the coach and the offensive staff. And just build on that. And I think that's what the Dolphins are gambling on. It seems to be a smart bet. Uh, I love it, man. I'm liking everything that they've been doing these last three years now. So Me too, man. Me too. Let's see, Me too. Let's see if we can, uh, if it all adds up to a postseason win this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope, you know, but you got to start somewhere and it Baby starts steps. with, with, with making moves like this, you know, yep. Jalen Ramsey for a third round, man. What a steal. Big. That's very big, steal. very, very big. So let's yeah, see, man. let's see what we could do. No first round pick this year. No third round pick this year. No uh, second. there's no second. I think. I think yes. Yeah, so that's the only one we're missing. Right? That's so only we have, one. Yep. We have four, five, six, and seven. That's it. Gotta, gotta make do. What we got. Gotta work with what we got. But you know what? We were right there on the edge of of being a real serious playoff contender. I don't see why a little bit of investment on the defensive side, especially in that cornerback linebacker position, wouldn't help at all. So. Let's no see doubt. what happens with this office team, man. I no think doubt. it's time to wrap up the show, Doug. I think About we did a good time. enough job, man, of uh, breaking down the weekend in sports. Yes, sir. Let's get the out of here. Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. And make sure to check us out on YouTube. We got the Lorenzo Medina, a.k.a. the Giant Killer interview out there right now. Shout out to him. Um, we got an amazing interview coming up with one of the UN players. Not going to tell you who just yet, but make sure to tune in. Got to tell a friend. 
To tell a friend. To tell another friend. <laughs> to tell one more friend. Tell them. To hit that subscribe button on that YouTube button. That's how you get the notifications popping. And that's how you can keep up to date with the latest on Sports with SoSo. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Peace.